Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Unity Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Cathy. There are two things that are different for me today. Usually I have like a little cheat sheet here, a note card. And today, because my conversation with our guest was so good this week and two weeks ago when I met him, I'm like, I'm going to roll without that little cheat card. <laughs> and I'm also not wearing a button-up shirt, which I normally do. And the reason why, I've worn this once before, Effort Squared, the reason why is because we talked about our core values with my team yesterday two of our core values are own the results and compete every day. And so I wore this shirt intentionally today, effort squared, because compete every day and own the results is effort squared. And so for them, I wore this shirt. So a little bit more casual. Those are the two things that are different. Nothing else is different other than our guest. And I'm going to get right to him. Mark Floyd, president of FMP Construction. Welcome to the show. Thank you, David. I, I appreciate that, man. I, I love the shirt, and uh, kind of like I told you downstairs, it's a good look on you. Ah, well, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> okay, so here's what's great. So our last guest, Michael Visentine, is the one that uh, introduced me to Mark, and I, uh, I think I spoke with you first about two and a half weeks ago yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, about two weeks ago. And I had to make up a reason to get off the phone with Mark because we would have ended up talking for about five hours straight and I wouldn't have seen my wife that night and she would have been <laughs> upset. So to save my marriage, I lied to Mark and made up some random reason to get off the phone. Um, so that's why I feel so confident about not having that little card that I would normally use. Here's the second thing. Yesterday I was at a lunch with Michael Visentine and I was like, guess what? Mark's on the show tomorrow. Man, I'm really excited. He's like, oh my gosh, Mark's such a good guy. And I was like, Hey, let me ask you this. I don't know Mark very well. You do. Um, is 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 what I'm hearing about Mark real? Like, I feel like that guy's got a heart of gold. Like, I almost feel like it's fake. And he goes, no, I felt the same way. That's just Mark. Like, he is so genuine, legitimate, heart of gold, like what he says he means. And I'm like, okay, I just needed to double check that what I was hearing was accurate. So, you know, huge compliment to you. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Michael is a great guy. And of course he speaks highly of you as well. And, you know, we got to try to practice what we preach, right? That's right. It's the main thing that we have to do. So those are very kind words. I really yeah. appreciate that. Well, absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to start you out the way that we start everybody here. So give us a little quick commercial on F&P construction. What do you guys do? What's your target market? If someone's listening to this, how would they know that they need to contact you? Well, wonderful. Well, um, thank you for the opportunity. And I'm really excited about uh, this podcast. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be uh, on here to talk a little bit about you and as well as me, I think. So FMP Construction. Well, we started FMP in 2013. Uh, a partner and I started the organization um, in 2015. We got our first contract. Uh, we're a general contractor and focus on three things. Mm -hmm. It's a three pillar type of scenario we have. So one as a general contractor where we self-perform uh, subcontract capabilities. A general contractor with self-perform capabilities. Uh, so actually that's two. So let me back up. One, uh, as a joint venture partner. So we're a joint venture with the prime where we are the minority contractor. Okay. Number two, 
And those projects are much larger projects, 40, 50, 100 million dollar projects that we partner with them on in the public sector. Okay. So it's more K-12 and higher ed. Okay. The second leg that we have is as a general contractor ourselves where we actually are the prime on the projects. Okay. So we run those projects within our capacity. Because there's a certain bonding, a certain level of bonding that you have to have. And if it's out of that range, mm -hmm. then of course we partner. So the third thing is uh, as a subcontractor or a trade partner. So we can come in and bid on trade work like drywall and painting and all the interior finishes that we are able to perform on and add value to the project and our clients and community. So those are the three things that uh, we primarily focus on. Again, public market, K-12, higher ed, also private industry, office buildings and things of that nature. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys are going to love Mark's story because it's a lot of times we have a guest in here. You know, Mark runs a company. He's the president of F&P Construction. A lot of times we'll have a guest in here that's like the CFO or the corporate controller or the tax director or the information technology leader. And we talk about how their career has been crazy because they may have gone from doing tax at the beginning of their career to doing general accounting, to maybe a little bit of SEC reporting. In other words, they've kind of bounced around. That's nothing compared to what Mark has done in his career, and we're gonna get into that now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the quick high level, and Mark's gonna take us a little bit deeper in this. So Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, sir. Went into the Navy, was a pharmacy tech in the Navy. Yes, sir. Still did a little bit of pharmacy tech when you got into your civilian life coupled that with STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, ran a company with that, ended up with a janitorial services company, and somehow in 2013 landed on F&P Construction as the president. <laughs> like that's wild, not only the vastness of industry, but the roles you held within those industries. So you, you gotta share the secret. That seems stressful you know, making a job change is stressful enough. Like you're making these wild swings in careers and you're making it work really well, at least from the outside. The inside may be, it's like a duck running or a duck swimming in the water, you know, looks calm and smooth on top and underneath <laughs> man is just like pedaling those feet like crazy. So take us through that progression of, of your life and your career. Yeah, it's, you know, as I listen to you kind of go through that journey, it's really interesting. And, you know, as we kind of talked a little bit before, uh, obviously it wasn't intentional to be able to kind of crisscross in those different industries like that. Uh, it probably was a little bit of insanity and, and a little <laughs> bit of faith mixed together. Yeah. Um, well, what I realized, David, is that um, I just wanted to serve. I wanted to serve. I wanted to serve others. I wanted to serve my clients. I wanted to serve the community and wanted to be better and become better. And as a result of that, I began to delve into how to become a better leader. Mm -hmm. And I was led to personal development. And so I'm still continuing to grow uh, because I understand just a little bit more about it that there's no limit to our abilities and the things that we could accomplish. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, it kind of was an interesting ride and yeah, it was a little pedaling going on underwater, my wife <laughs> holding me up, my family holding me up, yeah, so yeah. we kind of go through these swings, uh, but it wasn't intentional. I just wanted to pivot and I knew that, 
once I got to a certain level, um, say in my pharmacy career, um, I knew that there was more mm -hmm. that I wanted to do and want to accomplish, but I didn't know what that was. And so as I, be, as I was growing up, let me go back a little bit to Birmingham, where I think it comes from, is that drive and that competitive nature that I believe we all have within us. My grandfather uh, owned a concrete business, so he was an entrepreneur, and we were working in the summers. Uh, as five in, years old. That's right. As, we're, I, mean, we're, I mean, this is illegal. We know this, right? We were working and not getting paid. So <laughs> how about that? <laughs> or not getting paid enough. I've been down that track before. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, I wish I had learned more about that component of it than I did, but I believe it was kind of ingrained uh, within us. Uh, it was five boys, no sisters. I was the youngest. So we were very competitive in nature. And so that's why I believe I got my competitive spirit from our entrepreneurial spirit was uh, because my grandfather kind of instilled that in us. And I wanted to start a business. Uh, I wanted to be competitive. As, as, you know, being raised with five boys and no sisters, we were always competing against each other. And so as a result of that, I played in several different sports for years. Mm -hmm. uh, baseball, football, basketball. You know, my mom kept us busy. My father kept us really busy. And uh, in sports and so I always like to compete and I always like to win and so that's kind of what I believe uh, is the force behind the journey of just wanting to be better and do better and it led to different industries and where we begin to pivot here and there. Um, one of the, the interesting pivots was from uh, pharmacy to janitorial to construction. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. And so I realized when I look back at the medical field and then construction, people always ask me, how did that happen? And I'm like, I have no idea how it happened. But, uh, but it was just because I have the competitive nature and want to serve more and become more. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so crazy to listen to your story. I'm going to lead you there and turn it over to you because um, the way you pivoted, let's call it specifically from janitorial services to your first foray into construction. When you told me this, I was blown away because I'm like, man, could I, you know, my first thought was, could I have done that? <laughs> um, and, and I've, and I'm, you know, we're, we're a recruiting firm and we're in a service industry and we're working with, you know, CEOs, CFOs, CIOs of, of organizations, business owners to find the right staff for them and finance, accounting, tax, information, technology. So there's a little bit of a gutsiness that goes along with it, right? Because you have to have the willingness to reach out to them proactively and engage them. And you get told a no a lot and it's yes. over the phone. Um, so your story is a little bit different because you're looking to expand your janitorial services. You're by, driving by a construction place and you just, you know, all these construction places have these trailers where like the foreman and the design and all that other, and you just decide one morning, yeah, I'm going to walk right in and figure out what, what company, what's going on here? What comp and how do I, how do I get involved in this? So tell us a little bit about that and where that, that cause that there is competitiveness in that, but there's got to be something else that causes you, maybe craziness is it, I don't know, you know, of course, that causes you to that. do, yeah, so tell us, like, how did that happen? Tell us that story. Well, you know, I, I was driving, uh, of course, when, when I started teaching, uh, 
at one of the local colleges here in pharmacy. It was three days a week. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to start a business. I was talking to my wife and saying, hey, we need, to, we need to start a business here. And of course, she would continue to work. And now that I had a little bit more time, that I would, uh, I would start a business. So my thinking was, what's the business model that I can start that uh, has a low entry to market? And uh, didn't have to have a whole lot of money and not a whole lot mm -hmm. of skill, I thought, initially. Because if I would have thought that it took more than what I thought it did in the beginning, I probably wouldn't have, would done, have done it. it. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. That's right. right. In that particular case, it was. Um, so I started acquiring accounts. We started acquiring accounts. And, uh, and so we began to grow. My wife and I, we were servicing some of the accounts ourselves. And then we started bringing staff in to be able to do it, which freed me up to be able to go out and, and scan the market and, in my mind, scale to get bigger. And while I was doing that, I'm constantly educating myself on leadership and constantly educating myself on self-confidence and, and just the things that I needed to be able to grow. In addition to the skill sets of what it takes to start a janitorial company. So I would go to these different locations and kind of get a little bit more knowledge. So I'm driving around the city one day in 2008, by the way. Um, and so I'm over here in Irving and I'm looking and something told me, man, this sure is a lot of cranes swinging around the city here. Um, why don't you go and knock on that trailer door there uh, where that construction site is and that building that they're building there and ask for the project manager or the superintendent and um, see who the property manager is. Because mm -hmm. my thought process was, if I can get in before the tenants take occupancy, then I have a greater chance to be able to win the contract. Mm -hmm. So I did that. So I go into the trailer uh, and someone in the trailer sent me into the building and told me the superintendent was in the building. So I go into the building. Now, I knew it was a huge building. It was a three-story building over here off of uh, 114 in Irving, 100,000 square feet that I eventually found out. Go in there and I talked to him, told him how I could serve and add value to him and his clients and that, um, you know, who the property manager was. And he said, well, we are a developer builder. We own the building and we also are a construction company. I said, okay, great. He said, here's the number to the property manager, which was staff that mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time. Yep, yep. So he said, can you clean this building? And so I'm looking at the building David and I'm like, uh, well, yes, I can, I can clean it, uh, but there's no furniture in it. There's nothing in it. I had the mindset of a day-to-day -day janitorial company because I was cleaning buildings that was day-to-day -day with office furniture and vacuuming and this type of thing. You say, well, you see this, you see that. And so lo and behold, I was checking off the dots in my mind that yeah, I could do that. I know somebody that could do that. So all the dots were beginning to connect. He said, well, bring me a proposal back in a couple of days. I said, yes, sir, thank you for the opportunity. So I'm leaving and he said, by the way, it's called construction cleaning. So I'm like, okay, thank you very much. So I'm walking off and I'm like, oh my goodness, what have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to research what that I is. Got, and that's exactly what I did. I went home and Googled it and a whole world popped up on construction cleaning, construction final clean. 
So I brought a proposal back in a couple of days and, of course, got awarded the contract. And from that performance, uh, I was able to pull a crew together uh, to be able to perform on the project and add value to that company, the clients, and the community. Um, then they had other buildings around the city as well that they were building. So after that, you say, well, hey, there's another building we have down the street or on the other side of town. Uh, can you do that one? And also the uh, property manager was like, who cleaned this building? So raised my mm -hmm. hand. It was us. So I got the day-to-day -day janitorial contract and construction final clean. And that went on for a few months until the bottom fell out in 2008 uh -huh. in the construction market. And by the way, I had pivoted and didn't know that that pivot was there until they started cutting back on the janitorial services. Started cutting back on the day-to-day. -day. Seven days goes to five days, five to three, three to the lobbies and the restroom, and then we got it. Don't worry about it. And by that time, I had already pivoted into construction final clean. So that's kind of how that all came about. And then that morphed five years later into uh, F and P construction. Yeah, yeah. So here's so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to two points. Okay, you've said one point a couple times today, and you didn't say this word, but I'm gonna say this word. Okay, the first point that I want to talk to you about, and you could you could actually answer it in whatever order you want. Personal development, right? I mean, you've mentioned that at least two to three times already. Like you are a constant work. So I'd love to know, like, how, how do you go about doing What is that? Reading books? Is it listening to things? Is it who are you talking to? Like, where does that? Because it's giving you this sense of motivation. But here's what it also allowed you do, to do, if I'm reading into your story, is it gave you confidence to take risk, to walk into this trailer and ask for the superintendent. That may be a big risk to someone listening to this podcast. It may be a small risk to someone listening to this podcast, but it's a risk nonetheless. And I know there's a lot of people that sit at their desk on a day-to-day -day basis in corporate America, and they sit back and they go, man, I think I could be doing something else, or I think I could be doing something more. But there's this confidence they may lack to go use their voice and con confront in a good way. I'm using it in a good way here confront their leadership I want to do more and they have to have the guts and the willingness to look risk in the face so tell us about personal development and how you blend that with risk yeah um, I mean great 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 question and um, what I am discovering because it's a continual journey of development uh, we never get there because we have unlimited infinite potential on the inside of us and that's the drive you know of course i'm uh, a believer in, in one of my inspirations uh david uh, is the word of god mm -hmm. it shows me who i am and who i can be and so that's one aspect of it from a spiritual perspective uh i'm constantly in the word and and trying to become uh, a better person or, or a better version of myself and that also leads me to other things like um, how to build confidence and uh, how to uh, create a greater self-image, um, how to have a great attitude. So all these different disciplines that I continue to study to be better at has allowed me and obviously uh, afforded me the opportunity to have the confidence when I don't know all the answers that I'm able to go into a room and 
um, you know, feel, feel better about myself, that if I don't know the answer, I could always ask, uh, not feel like I'm less than. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's about how I feel about me, not from an arrogant perspective, but just from a perspective that, you know, I can do what uh, my heart desires, or I can be who I desire to be. And for those of us that, that uh, face these different type of things at any level, whether if it's a CEO or CFO or CIO or the president of the United States, there's always something inside of us that's seeking expression, mm. you know, just seeking expression to become better, to become more. And to become more means to serve others, not to walk on others and not to, you know, beat others down, but to build others up. And uh, the more I am better, the more the people around me uh, are better and and them me. So it's it's kind of like a give and take. But yeah, so it, it just it's it, that's the drive It's that, you know, you test it, you see it work, you feel it, you think it, you believe it. And it's like, wow, you know, this actually works and you double down on it. Yeah. You know, you make so two things you make me think of. OK. I don't know why I have two things on everything. But this is like the third time I've had two things I know, on right? something. So they've um, been great. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so Stephen Covey, yeah. begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I maybe someone coined it before him, sure. but that's what I think of when I hear you say that. Is be, what do I want people to say about Mark Floyd on his obituary at his funeral? Right. That's the end. So I'm going to frame my life now yeah. thinking about that and live it. And we're not perfect. We're going to mess right. up. Absolutely. You know, we're going to screw up. But as long as we have that as our North Star and we continue to seek and, and work towards that, I think that's really important. I heard yeah. you say that. I want you to talk a little bit about that. The second thing that I heard you talk about is um, if it doesn't work out, like I have no holes and I'm still alive. Yes, I got right. told no. Yes. That's okay. Yes. I went and asked who the superintendent is. They told me to get out of here and get right. off their property. It's okay. That's right. It's okay if you don't achieve whatever it is, that, but you have to go for it because you don't want to be at the end of your career. At least you don't. And I know I sure don't. I, sure don't. I don't want to be at the end of my career looking back going, Dad gummit, man, I wish I would have tried that. I wish I would have done that, man. What what doors could have opened to where I could serve more people had I only had the guts to do that? Yeah, that is absolutely my philosophy. And of course it's growing and it continues to grow because that's all that I want to do. And that um, note on, on uh, my tombstone, uh, servant leader it, it it sounds like it's it's a cliche but it's the real deal when i really think about it you know whether if it's ministry whether if it's um in business but you, you I'm, I'm striving as we all should to be the same person across the board not one person over here and another person over there and so who we become on the inside will eventually spill over into every area of our life mm. And understanding that just a little bit more, David, gives me a lot of encouragement. And it actually has, um, it, it's very empowering. And you want to give that to others. And giving it to others is, is means that, you know, uh, society or the world is going to give it back to you. It's, it's more of how is life treating you? It's not that question for me anymore. It's 
how am I treating life? Yeah. Because usually how I treat life is how life brings it back to me uh, many times over. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's one of those things. And, and I believe that for all of us, and I'm sure, you know, you can and, and your audience can, can attest to this, that um, the risk, uh, the biggest risk is in not taking the risk. That's like the biggest that. risk for yeah. me. If I don't take the risk and get to the end of my life and say, you know what, I should have done this, that, and the other, then I'm doing the time on the earth that has been allotted to me uh, a, a grave injustice because we'll never get this time back. And so now at 57, I'm grabbing this thing by the horns and helping everybody that I can, making others more uh, better off than, than, than when I found them or them me. And it's just that thing where, man, life becomes exciting amidst the challenges. Uh, you know, some health challenges that I experienced last year, um, cancer survivor, uh, you know, and that comes upon me that I have no idea where that came from, mm -hmm. you know. And, but, you know, I, I uh, have been encouraged uh, and, and, and pray to the good Lord that he continues to give me the vision to be able to serve my purpose here on the earth. And my purpose has to be, and usually is, and is growing more and more, uh, bigger than my comfort zone. Mm, I like if that. If my purpose yeah. is not stronger than my comfort zone, then I'm going to end up stuck at a CEO level mm -hmm. or at a presidential level or what any level because there's always something trying to get out in comfort. Nothing never grows in comfort. Yeah, I really like that. I once heard it say, I love the word that you use. You use tombstone. And when I and I picture when you said that, I pictured a tombstone. And I once heard someone say, what are you doing about the dash? You know, what are <laughs> yeah. you doing about the dash? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's hey, here's your birth year. Here's the last day. But that dash in the middle. Are you making the most of that dash? What are you doing about that? And I just, you know, sometimes you hear those things and you lose them for a while in your sure. life. Sure. And then something sparks it to kick back in. Here's what I could tell you about me um, personally. I'd be curious to find out if you if you fall down this path. Sounds like you have. And that is, you know, I'll go through these spits and spurts where it's like, I'm going to conquer the world. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm little old David Cathy from Houston, Texas. And, you know, I don't really know how I found my position where I'm at right now. Um, but, man, I really feel like I'm not being bold enough. You know, I'm not taking the bull by the horns enough on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Yes. And so I'll try to make some change in my life. And then for some reason, I end up backing away from that at some point in time. I don't really know what causes that. I'm Maybe just it's a day-to-day -day fact of life. You know, things happen in your life. You know, you're running late for that and you lose that inspiration Oh man! and how to get it back consistently. And, and I feel like it's part of it is surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, like me surrounding myself with people like you or like Michael Vizentine who give me that energy to go, you know what, I can do more then I, I can grow unity more to what it, than what it is today if I consistently work this. Absolutely. I mean, that is a constant struggle for us and those of us that are high achievers, uh, I believe. And um, yes, I still have those struggles, you know, where I know that I could give more and uh, where do I find it? And mm. 
what's happening that I can't give more and have to make the adjustments. And one thing that I've learned and tested and have experienced is that there is a, a paradigm or a program that is inside of all of us that's driving 95% of our life and it's going on automatic. And the program is so strong, David, that, uh, that it's making the decisions for us. And, and every time that I try to make a different decision, it, it seems to pull me back to that place of comfort, wherever that level is. You know, I was reading an article where it was talking about, we think about 60,000 thoughts a day. And, uh, and out of the 60,000 thoughts, 95% of those thoughts are from our past from our past, which means that thoughts that we've, we, we have thought over and over and over again, and it has created a thought habit. And those thoughts habit is what's driving our life and causing us to make the change most difficult. So when I understand that a little bit more and a little bit more, now I can go in and disable the program and put something new in and then allow that habit to go on automatic. And I don't have to worry about the habit of self-confidence anymore because it's programmed into me yeah. or if it's programmed into you. And so, you know, that's how uh, I'm learning to, to, to live uh, life in every area that I just need to change the program. I need to upgrade it and update it continually, particularly, you know, your IT software programs are updated all the time. So why am I not updating the software in here yeah. if it's happening outside of me all day long? Yeah. It's so fun. You, you talked about this program yesterday when we were talking and, and I was like, yeah, it's like the matrix. Are you going to take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> That's right. You know, and I don't want to go back to live the life, the or normal ordinary life. I want to be different. So yeah. I want to take the pill that makes it different. Right. And it's crazy that you said that you, you read this article about your thoughts have 60,000, but there's so much based on your history. So I was listening to a guy who said essentially the same thing. I was telling one of my business partners this, like the decision, the majority, the vast majority of the decisions we make on a day-to-day -day basis, whatever capacity that you are in in life, whether it's your personal life or you're running a company or you're an employee of the company, it doesn't matter who you are. That's right. But the vast majority of the decisions that you make they're based on your life. They're right. based on your history. Yes. And so you keep trying to figure out why you're holding yourself back. And it's because it's what you've done in the past frames how you view the future 100%. instead of going, forget the past. Yeah. Today's a new day. So forget all the decisions and everything. Why don't I live bigger into the existence that's set before me? Why do I keep holding myself back? And I think it goes back to, you know, the people that you're surrounding yourself and what you're feeding your mind. And I've long since said that. I remember with my kids, I would tell them, look, you don't want to watch TV shows like that because it's like the food that you eat. And both my kids happen to be athletes. I was very lucky to have two athletic kids who went on to play college sports. And I'm like, you're, you're an athlete. So if you feed yourself junk, yes. your body is going to use that and produce junk in your sport, you know? and you feed yourself too much of it, that's not gonna be healthy for you. Well, it's the same thing with your mind. You know, you, you, you doom scroll on Instagram or you know, whatever the app is, or you Netflix and chill all day long and that's all you do. Well, maybe let's mix in a couple of good documentaries that you can learn from from history or throw in a book or two to change the way you think 
Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to get what you've always got. 100%. And, and the more I start to understand that just a little bit more, that my words, my self-talk are literally like seeds being sown into my mind that will grow what I put in it. It's like in the natural. The farmer sows the seed in the soil. In whatever type of seed that he or she is sowing in that soil, you sow an apple seed, you're going to get an apple. So if I'm sowing a negative thought, I always think of life as a seed. It, my, my words are seeds. My, my thoughts are seeds that are being sown. If I'm talking to myself, I talk to myself more than I talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm a talker. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm sowing negative seeds and talking negative self-talk, I'm going to start seeing that in my life. I'm going to start attracting those people, places, and things that are exactly what I have put in it, whether knowingly or unknowingly, or I'll be able to accept and reject another thought that's not in alignment with what I want. Mm. And so I have to have my spirit, my soul, and my body all in alignment. That's why I like the name unity. Mm. Unity is, is these things have to be aligned up. And when they are, it gives us massive power to be able to serve and make society better. So, and you're right, I never used to believe that the things that we were watching and, and, and this, that, and the other was subliminal things like advertising and this, that, and the, things that you didn't even know you wanted. But if you listen to that commercial long enough, you're going to go out and buy it. Yeah. So what is that all about? So I'm, I'm one that will go in and try to find the cause of things. And, and I think that's just the way I was designed, being a science guy in pharmacy and anatomy and physiology and those type of things. Yeah. It has really, I believe, shaped me. And the mentors and the people that uh, definitely that we are, that are in our inner circle, yeah. it doesn't have to be a physical person. A mentor can be a book or a biography of someone that you just kind of start to build a relationship with. That helps. You know, I always say that uh, to some of my clients, my coaching clients, that your diet consists of more than just what you put in your mouth. Mm, Your diet consists of what you look at, what you put in your eyes, and what comes into your ears. That's a part of your diet because it's all going inside. That's good. So we have to be careful about what we read, what we see, and what we accept as true. That's really good. It's, you know, you, you said something there. Um, so yesterday I'm having a conversation with a girl on our team. Love her to death. Love her to death. And she said, you know, I really need to, I need to do an overall upgrade. I need to do an upgrade. I got to get to the gym more. I've got to upgrade every bit of my life. And of course, I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, I'm, <laughs> you're giving me some, that's all you got to say is like, I've got to upgrade my overall life. And yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm like attached. I'm in it to win it. And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of people think that at different points and times in their life. It's like, you know, what do you think prevents people from doing that? And I told her my opinion. What prevents a lot of people from actually executing consistently on that overall upgrade is embarrassment because they know that people around them are going to know that they're showing up different. Mm. Sometimes the people around them become the people that are not around them anymore That's because correct. they've removed them wow. and they needed to. Yes. But the other people that are around them notice that there's something like, okay, what's going on with mm-hmm. this one? Because they're mm-hmm. showing up different. Like 
they're really trying to make some changes and so and that's my opinion that's what i think a lot of people realize that's going to happen and they get embarrassed and they don't want to be looked at like that my comment to her at the end of the at the end of that conversation is if i'm accurate on that to a little bit of degree because of embarrassment if the people around you treat you differently because you're trying to go through those changes and you truly should be embarrassed about going those changes those are the people that not do not need to be around you yes. because they should be so supportive and excited about Absolutely. your upgrade that they're pushing you to go harder and be more consistent. Yes. But if they're talking about you because of your upgrade, then you're on the wrong team. You're at the wrong company. You need to ask for a transfer or you need to leave the organization and go find another company that's going to fit you better. That is absolutely interesting you say that because if we really think about it, we all go through those things at every level um, if we're continuing to ascend. And what I'm starting to understand just a little bit more based on kind of what you've just shared was I ask myself then why am I in the midst of these individuals anyway in the first place? Well, I must have attracted them. <laughs> Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so I was thinking a certain way and I was acting a certain way and now I'm surrounded with these type of individuals, good, bad, or indifferent. And so every time I begin to ascend to become better, then either those people are gonna become better as well, or I'm gonna end up in another circle. Mm, I like that. Because I'm attracting, I'm on a different frequency of thought uh, beyond my current situation or circumstance. And we think on frequencies and every time we begin to think and we occupy that vision or that frequency or that better version of ourselves, then we begin to attract everything that is needed for that to become a physical reality. Yeah. And so I'm beginning to kind of test that model and it's starting to, it's a really yeah. interesting yeah. journey and kind of tie it into how things relate to, you know, our physical environment and these type of things. I mean, just, the simple fact that we're sitting here talking about this now is an indication that, you know, in meeting Michael uh, in the circle that we both are in, uh, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if people were watching this, they've seen me adjust my chair each time because I'm like, okay, I'm glad we have a time limit on this. I'm exactly. waiting for the signal like, okay, no. you need to start wrapping it up because no. I will continue to go. Here's what's crazy. So it's a saying I heard the other day. It's probably been around forever, but it's a saying I heard the other day. If you always find yourself in drama, if you always find yourself at the center of drama, wherever you turn, there's more drama, more drama. What's the one consistent? You. That's right. You're the one consistent. Yeah. And so what are you attracting, right? right? To your point, sure. you're attracting the drama. You're living yeah. in it. Yeah. And you've got to figure out how to change. Yeah in order to upgrade, insert the new program in you to upgrade your, and that has such a profound impact on yeah, your family life. Absolutely. You know, your personal life, where yeah. the direction you're heading, your career. I mean, we spend more time at our jobs during our working years than we do with our family. And people complain about, well, let's make sure that it's the right job. Let's make sure it's the right career for us. Wow. And you're yes. surrounding yourself yes. with people. And if you need to upgrade that to live your life, begin with the end of mind, work it backwards, right? 
then you need to make a change. And it's okay to make that change for you. It's so powerful that we're talking about this. And I'm like you, we can have this conversation forever. But I'm beginning to understand just a little bit more that it's never the outside. If I'm looking for the job and thinking that the job is going to create the change, if I'm looking for the mate and thinking that the mate is going to create the change, or if I'm looking for this or that outside of me that's going to create the change, it's never going to be sustainable. It's going to be a temporary change and not a permanent change. The change always begins with us. It's always on the inside. Again, it's the program. I can move around with these different jobs or different things, but I'm still taking the same thought process with me. And if I'm taking the same thought process into a different situation, then that's mm -hmm. not going to work. I'm eventually going to go back to that set point. Either I'm going to be a thermometer where I'm controlled by the outside environment, mm -hmm. or either I'm going to be a thermostat. Yeah, and where I'm setting it. the temperature and control it. And I think we were designed, David, uh, I believe, uh, to be in control of our environment. And the thing is, is we just have to learn how to align with that, uh, with that purpose and the design of which we were designed to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of this, the further I've gone in my career, I've realized like, you know, we interviewed someone in our office the other day and uh, and they were like, well, do you want a resume? And I was like, no, nah, I don't want a re resume. Like I'm, you know, for some jobs you need a resume. You know what I mean? Like you need, you know, a lot of <laughs> times for our clients, right. you know, sure. that we need to, okay, they had, they got an accounting degree. Right. They have their uh, certified uh, professional accountant, yeah, right? They've got their CPA, sure. right? So for some jobs, they need that. I've just, for our job, for our career in recruiting, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want a resume anymore. I don't care about it. I want to know about them. I want their story. I want to know, are they an achiever? Um, have they gone through the struggle? Because you go through the struggle and it's sweeter at the end. Have they been able to, because it's a lot of sales, it's a lot of putting Absolutely. yourself out there. It's a Absolutely. lot of that risk. Yes. I'm not saying that's right for every single job, right. but it's the makeup of that person, not the external person, but the inside makeup of that person and their story and what they've been through and how they are. I want that person, not the person that's trying to sell me on a piece of paper because of all their professional education. For us, for our clients, for some of their jobs, yes, for IT, and it's a cybersecurity job, we need someone who has a cybersecurity experience, you know, Absolutely. for an accounting, for, I get that, but for us, and I think that's critical for us to understand if we wanna build the organization that surrounds the people and is able to develop them in the right culture and the right environment. Yeah, I mean, that is so powerful, and I wouldn't have even understood that in the past because we're not taught that. That's we're right. Not, we're not taught that. We're taught to get the resume, go to Indeed, and most of the time, when I say most of the time, that's probably not true, but sometimes what's on the resume is not even true anyway. That's you right. Know, especially nowadays. Yeah. And so I, I could appreciate that approach because that is uh, what I have adopted. And I do have someone that's on my team that, you know, will go through and check the box and do this and that. But when I sit down and talk to someone, I'm like this right here. I want to know the character aspect. I want to know the things that you've gone through, the struggles and and those type of, and look a person in the eye and you can kind of get a feel for yeah. that you know and, and so then you make a decision uh in part based on based on that yeah 
Gosh, Mark. Okay, so we're we are actually going to end up having to wrap this up. Um, already, already <laughs> goes by way. I know, I know, I know. I probably it's been we, wonderful. Yeah, you know, we need to fill this up with coffee and we can go for a while. <laughs> no, right. Um, leadership advice for anybody, because anybody can be a leader. Doesn't matter. You don't have to run the company. You don't have That's to own right. the company. That's you right. can be the new hire that was just added. You are still a leader. Out of everything that we talked about today, like wh what do you think someone can walk away with tomorrow and implement? And that is a, that is a really great question. Uh, one thing that I would say is to build a bigger and better version of yourself continually. Always work on yourself to become better, to become more. Uh, to serve more, to be more. And that requires thinking beyond yourself. Start with the end in mind, because once you achieve that goal of being a bigger and better version of yourself in multiple areas, not just in your career or our careers, but in our family lives and uh, our social circle, our character, our spiritual life, um, we have to go beyond what we see or our present results and make a decision out there and say, you know what, what does the future mark? Like, what does the future David look like? What do I want to be five years from now? And you go out there in your mind and grab that person because that is a bigger and better version of yourself. And then you bring that back to the present and start to incorporate the behaviors of that new person. Mm. And so that's what I'm understanding to build a bigger and better version of ourselves is to continue to have goals that we don't believe we could reach. Because if I can believe I can reach it, then it's really the goal is set too low. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage uh, your listeners and, and the audience and those that are aspiring to, you know, be six because we choose you have to choose leadership. Yeah, leadership is a choice. Yeah. And so continually build a bigger and better version of ourselves every day was what I would say. Man, awesome, awesome. Mark, I loved it, it was great. Oh my God, it was awesome, man. Thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, and to our listeners, man, I, I listened to the last bit of what Mark just said, and there's something that's so attractive to someone who's building a bigger, better version of themselves. You're sitting on your team, you've got whatever it is, five people on the team, 10 people on the team, 100 people on the team. Uh, maybe you are the team, but there's something that's so attractive when a team member can look across the room and say, I don't know what it is about <laughs> him today or her today, but I want some of that. Like, I wanna be a part of that. There's a change there and I wanna be a part of that. And then they start emulating you. And that's how it catches on. And it moves to the next person, you pass it on to the next person, you pass it down to the next generation. And then that next new hire, you're five years into your career, that next new hire comes aboard and they start looking at you. How are you the person that you are today? Well, let me tell you, I wanted to build a bigger, better person of myself. I start with the end in mind and I work it backwards. So. That's what I'm taking away from today. I thought it was fantastic. I hope you're grabbing something from this and you can implement it tomorrow in your life. And with that, we'll see you next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. 
Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.